0: Welcome to Leo Rising, a Living Tarot and Creative Intuition podcast. My name is Jenna Fox, and I'm a queer adoptee witch raised in fundamental Christianity and a mama to two rambunctious kiddos. Labels really help me tell a story about my way of being in the world. I'm influenced by my profession as a community college instructor and licensed mental health counselor, as well as my experience as a tarot reader and Reiki practitioner. If you're looking for declarative statements or black and white guidance, I'm probably not your gal. My approach to these conversations is less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I don't presume to have the answers, but I'm enjoying working out the process with you all. So let's get started. I'm really happy to have you here. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Anna of Blind Love Tarot and the new podcast Blind Love Radio, which if you're not subscribed yet, you definitely need to just go to your podcast app and search for Blind Love uh, Radio because it is just so delightful. Anna is one of those people that I follow on Instagram and just feel this like sense of inspiration, like emanating from her because she just dives into creativity in a way that I really appreciate. And it gives me a lot of um, pause and thought and reflection around my own uh, relationship to creativity. Um, so, you know, if you're following in her on Instagram, you'll know what I'm talking about because she's always painting and creating these beautiful works of art. And right now, um, you know, she has, uh, like decoupaging like cake stands and it just, it seems like she's just so tapped into like this creative flow. That is something that I really, really, um, love and admire. So definitely check her work out. And I really hope that you enjoy this conversation between me and Anna of Blind Love Tarot. Welcome to the podcast, Anna of Blind Love Tarot. Hi, Jenna. I am so excited to talk with you. I just want to give you space to kind of share who you are, maybe where you are in the world, and anything that feels important to just kind of bring forward today around like who you are.
1: Thank you. So I am a creative gal living in Brockville, Maryland, which is a little suburb outside of Washington, D.C. on the East Coast, and it's really beautiful around us. There's lots of trees and green, and I feel like people think of D.C. as like this really gray place, but there's so much nature, which is really beautiful. And I am an artist, a newly found poet, a tarot enthusiast, All or anything creative I can get my hands on. I love, I am a Capricorn sun, Pisces moon, Scorpio rising. So I have a lot of earth and water in my chart And I think it's a great way for me to, like, channel whatever I'm feeling into something in the material realm. Like, channeling water into earth, almost, um, is kind of what my magic is. On, like, the everyday ritual side, I really think of magic as art, as ritual, and as magic. And I've just been really leaning into that this year. I'm also a wedding hairstylist. I started a business in D.C. doing wedding hair, and I love that. And I've been doing hair for about almost ten years, and I've grown that, and I love it, and I I feel really confident and creative and really good at it. But this past year, I was really called to explore other things, um, and I really feel that. I have some sort of um, medicine to share with people, I would say, um, just with what's helped me in my own life, and I think I really share that through my art, and I've loved writing letters recently for people. i was inspired by Jordan from Sincerely the Tarot. I know, he's so inspiring. <laughs> so many of the guests on show. the show, it's great. Yeah, so I heard him on your podcast, and we all did Lindsey Mack's class together, and just, like, I've been so inspired by this whole community, and I, like, came out to everybody in my life as a tarot reader, and um, I've been finding ways to, like, I guess that idea of, it's been, like, a year of temperance, of, like, tempering art and magic in this way of medicine, I guess. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm coming at things in all directions and hoping I'll just like get to where I need to be. In all oh my ways.
0: gosh. You're so. totally speaking my language around wanting to kind of have like all the, the multimodalities of creative expression. It sounds like that's, that's your jam.
1: Yes. I love that. Like anyway, I have a Leo Midheaven So just trying to, like, create for other people, like, in whatever way I can. Jubilee was talking about the idea of being in conversation with creativity, which I love.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It's, like, not even, it's, like, releasing the expectations of what you think it should look like and just allowing it to come through however it wants to. Mm -hmm. So I love that.
0: When, like, thinking back in your life, have you always been a creative, expressive person? Could you, like, even when you were, like, a kid?
1: Yes, I was always creative. I always loved to draw, and I always looked up to my sister. She was, like, very artistic and painted a lot. Um, And my mom always really encouraged us to make art and whatever we were passionate about. Um... And my sister went to art school and she was like eight years older than me. So I always looked up to her and um, I was in maybe like beginning of high school and she was in college and I would go and sit in on her like painting classes and I just found it all so interesting and um, she ended up going into architecture, but she never really had the heart for painting, I think she was like, I was always really good at it, but I never really loved it, but for me, it was like I never felt quite as good as her, but I always loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been like a really cool mentorship my whole life between me and her, which has been really beautiful. yeah i I feel like we I feel like we've had like past lives together in some like other way too. Just like this artistic, she reminds me a lot of that Many Ma- many Lives, Many Masters book. Mm-hmm. Just like that whole feeling of like somebody who's uh, your soul family and who has been with you. And I feel like she's like bringing this artisticness out of me. Like oh, she's love always, that. Yeah, she's such a good cheerleader for me. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I'm starting a new project, she'll really like guide me through it um which is really cool. So I think she's kind of been like guiding it out of me my whole life, which is amazing.
0: I love that. So it sounds like painting was something that like really painting and drawing were like the the mediums of expression that really spoke to you kind of like early on.
1: Yes, and I always I really liked writing when I was in high school and I did a lot of that um And then it kind of fell off for a long time, and now I've just recently gotten back into writing and poetry, and I've been loving that. That's such a beautiful way. Do
0: you have have particular poets that like inspire you, or are you just kind of going, um, you know, into the realm of poetry and just kind of doing your own thing? Or maybe both.
1: You can have both. I love Jan Richardson. I heard her on the Radiance Project a lot. Um, Heidi always talks about her poems, which I love. They're all like blessings. Mm. A lot of collections of blessings in the forms of poems. And I think that is so beautiful. And I've been... I think that's really informed my work as it feels like a poem is a spell to me and the idea of you're putting these emotions in infused in these words and how when the other person reads them, they feel that same feeling. And it's just so palpable. It's like you can feel it. It's just a way to infuse something with energy.
0: Oh my gosh, that is like the most beautiful description of poetry I have ever heard. And it makes <laughs> so much sense. So much sense. And it also makes me think, so I was an English major, and I wish that I had had that description of poetry back then, because I might have then known I was a witch and not spent so much time dinking around. And <laughs> yeah. Um, but like in college, I took a class, a poetry class, where we just focused on Emily Dickinson and Walt Whitman, because I didn't know that they, that they wrote poetry at the same time during the Civil War. And that is fascinating to me that they're both kind of like on the queer spectrum. And, but I think about Emily Dickinson as like my favorite witch poet, even though she probably would not have described herself that way and thinking what what you're saying around poetry as spells. And I'm just like, oh yeah, hope is a thing with feathers or, you know, because I could not stop for death. And I'm just like, now I'm having all her poems kind of flood through me right now that I'm like, yes, I have to go back and read all of them. Okay, there's there's seven, there's 1,700. I don't think I'm going to read them all, but I'm, I might revisit a few faves.
1: Yeah, definitely. Ooh, that's beautiful. So do you write poetry too?
0: You know, I used to in high school, and then in um, in college it was mandatory to kind of have some creative writing classes, and I did poetry, but I haven't written poetry in so long. With the exception of I sometimes feel like – the definition of poetry can be a little broader than maybe um, what we learn in school. And I think about Instagram captions and how we have to play with length and brevity and even emojis and spaces to make it be readable and seen and get our message across that I sometimes think that Instagram captions are like, the most form of poetry that, that like speaks to kind of this generation.
1: Yeah. A modern Modern poet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how we're kind of all participating.
0: Well, not all of us, but many people are participating in a, in a culture of poetry without maybe necessarily recognizing it, but it's not long form writing and it's not essays and it's not emails and it's not even texts, you know, Instagram captions are kind of their own beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, it's a way to share what you're feeling in that moment,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: through your picture or through your caption. It's like a little time capsule. It's cool. It's just another spell, right? Right?
0: (laughs) I love that so much. So you're talking about spells. Do you consider yourself a witch or are you kind of just in the realm of magic, but that label doesn't quite fit
1: i think i'm very newly founded using the mantra i feel like it's like a mantra like mm-hmm. saying to myself like i am a witch mm-hmm. and it's kind of a it kind of like hits me in my chest and it kind of feels like i'm like calling back a little bit of my power when i say it yeah which I think is really cool. But I mean, I was always interested in witches, like even when I was a little girl, like going into the library and checking all the books out about witches and just always a fascination. And then I found out recently that my great grandmother was a healer and a Reiki. I think she was practicing Reiki before there was a word for Reiki. Mm -hmm, And just kind of, like, coming to learn that and then coming to, I think, almost, like, it feels like magic is just a delve into the subconscious also. Yeah. And where your subconscious meets, like, the outer world and what energies are going on. It's like, if we're calling in this energy that we call a poem, right, and we make this form around it. I I saw something yesterday. We were at the Smithsonian, the Natural History Museum, and it said an ocean wave is a role of energy, but a stream, a current is a flowing stream and they're different. Mm. So like a wave of a burst and then a stream that's flowing. And it's like how these energies meet us and how we interact with it is like it's always magic I feel like we're all living magic whether we acknowledge it or not but when we like claim this I am statement it's like you're recognizing that it's happening and then the ability to manipulate that energy then
0: and yeah you're able to give form to something that didn't Uh exist before. And then even the act of like writing a poem and then there's the editing process and it's like the reforming of something that didn't exist before and now exists and somehow you channeled that energy through your brain or through connection to, you know, something else. and And then to be like, actually, I'm going to take that word and change it to a different word. And now it's suddenly a completely different meaning.
1: Yeah, it's like we're always performing these rituals,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's like putting purpose to them and enriching them with intention. It's like, I don't know, I'm at a loss for
0: words. <laughs> I know, it's hard. That's like one of the the challenges that I find is like being able to put this feeling or this experience into words. And that's where, you know, I use the word witch and I use spells and I talk about magic and and they don't even do it justice, <laughs> you know, the actual experience. It's like, oh, my human words are so feeble to explain this thing that my soul just wants you to, like, know.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm totally with you.
0: So I'm curious, you said, okay, you, you know, art, painting, and drawing, and, and poetry writing, and then there's this very, I think of wedding hairstylists as like, it's a very physical um, manifestation of art. And I'm curious how you went about,
1: you know, becoming a hairdresser, hairdresser, hairstylist, hairstylist. Okay. This is my whole hair story, Yeah, which is a very fun story. So I did not graduate, well, I did graduate high school, but I had dropped out of high school, and I had gone to this boarding school across the country, and I, like, was assimilating back into my regular high school, and I just, like, couldn't deal with it, so I dropped out, and I know you deal with kids who drop out, right?
0: Oh, yeah, and they are my favorite so, yeah, so you we're already, I'm <laughs> already hearing that and I'm like, all oh, right, you've, you've moved up in my notch of favorite people, Anna, because you have this amazing story.
1: <laughs> so basically we like finagled my diploma from this boarding school. I had like just enough credits and I was one of those kids who wanted to get out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I voluntarily took like English in summer school and like, was really trying to get out, so I managed to get done with high school. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was, like, drawing and painting in my parents' basement, and I was, like, I need a way to support myself, so I think I just kind of, like, picked hair. Mm-hmm. I I think it was, like, a need or a, a lack in the, co- I felt in the community for, like, um, for styling, like, when I went to prom, or I didn't go to prom, but when I went to a dance at my school, I remember getting my hair done, and I just hated it, Mm -hmm. and I came home, and I washed it out, and it was just, like, and there were so many tears, like, I, like, I was so emotional already, and it was, like, oh, like, I just wanted, like, cute Mary-Kate and Ashley waves. (laughs) And it was, like, this older, like, hairdresser, bless her soul, but she, like, was teasing it, and I don't think there was even, like, a curling iron involved, I don't know what she did, but I was like, you know, I could do hair, like, that sounds like something good, and then once I, like, establish something for myself, then I can go, and I can do my art, and, you know, life will be great, right? And so I start working... Um, at a salon and well I go to hair school and I just find out that I like love styling and this is right around the time that like blow dry bars are popping up oh yeah and it was like it wasn't really a thing yet so people are like what do you can't like just blow dry hair like you need to do highlights you know you you did this so you could support yourself you need to work at a salon So I went, and I worked at a salon for a while, and I, and it was really fun. It was great. I tried a lot of different things, but really, I loved styling, and I loved doing, like, unstyled updo's, and having it be very, like, romantic, and, like, getting away from the really tight curls, and just, like, the, I don't know, just the ugly hair. I can't Mm -hmm. take it. So, (laughs) so right around the time when I was ready to move in with my then boyfriend, now husband, I was looking for another job. And the dry bar in Bethesda had just opened, which is right by DC. Um, and it was a lot closer to where I was going to live and it was just time for the transition. So I ended up working there. And so it had been about, I'd say about five years I had been doing hair by then. And I built up my clientele there and I just started getting asked to do hair for people's weddings that were my friends. And then their hair looked so great. And so I, it just kept growing and I just started building it up from there. I started doing part-time at Dry Bar and building up my own business. And I really didn't want to build up my own business at that point. I was really resistant against it. Um, it just felt like a lot, it felt like a lot of pressure. I was never one to like homework at all in school that was like my downfall. Like I wanted my time at home to be my time. It was it just got to the point where I had to. I I didn't it felt like I was ready to move on from dry bar and I was outgrowing it. There wasn't the opportunities that I thought would be there just wasn't. So and then this it this thing just kind of fell in my lap. I just kept getting more requests, and so I really committed myself and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna do this." And then I built myself up so I could support myself before I quit um, my day job, so to speak. And it just really took off. So I've been doing that. i' I'm in my going on my fourth year on my own completely. So, it's been a very wild ride of trying to um, find myself through this process, especially being a Capricorn and building things, especially building businesses. I've really learned a lot about myself and, Also, being somebody who soaks up other people's energy very easily, being so watery, I really take on other people's emotions, and I think that's why I'm so good at being a wedding hairstylist. When everybody is so stressed, I am there, grounded. They always say, oh, we love you. I love your energy. You're so calm. And I'm just thinking of them, like, sucking it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like, I don't <laughs> And it's, I'm so happy to do that for them. But at the same time, it came to a point where I didn't realize that was happening. And I was just so burnt out. I had done... 50 weddings in one year. Um, That was two years ago. And by the end of that year, like I was dying and I just felt like I was going to like pass out all the time. And just, I was not filling up my cup. I was not taking care of myself. I was giving everything into this business and I needed to make some changes. So that was basically the start of my Saturn return last year, the end of last year. So this whole year has really been a reckoning of my needs, um, how I can find a new balance within this business that I really do love. I love being there, and I love being able to help people stay calm and really pay attention to what's important on that day. Like it's, you know, it's not about the hair. I'm going to give you great hair, but if I can really bring you into the moment and help when you start freaking out about something, bring you back to, that's not really what's important. What's important is you're committing yourself to your partner on this beautiful day like if if you're freaking out about the rain and i can be like it's a romantic drizzle like don't worry it's cute like that really makes me happy and i
0: love that i love that you <laughs> it's like you're you're able to hold the space while while still providing a beautiful product but that's like kind of like your sneaky way in to their like biggest day or their most stressful day and you're like okay my vehicle for getting in is that i I do amazing hair. And then there's this underlying service that you provide of being calm and helping them center and enjoy, even if it, even if it's stressful.
1: Totally. Yes. I love that about it. And I think it's really cool how I've, like, I've cut back on it some. So I probably did about 30 weddings this year instead of like a million, which (laughs) is great. And it was much more reasonable. So I've really enjoyed adding other pe- other creative expressions into my routine, and I took a yoga training over the summer, and I did my first wedding this year where I did a yoga class before the wedding. So I went to the bride suite, and I just, I went there really early, it was like six in the morning. And I gave her just a little flow and I instructed a nice little yoga class so she could relax and um, didn't have to go anywhere and everything was brought to her. And I think that was really nice and they, they stayed pretty calm throughout the whole thing. And that was really neat. It was like a way, it felt like the, just the temperance, like the idea of mixing these two things, like these two passions that I have. Um, yeah,
0: you, what you're describing is something that I actually talk with my students about. There's, have you heard of Emily Wapenick, um and her idea of like multi-potentiality or multi-passionate people?
1: No, I am it's, a multi-passionate
0: person. You are a multi-passionate person, but one of the things that, because um, I teach a career class, and of course, you know, these are students who've dropped out of high school and they're trying in community college to, um, kind of establish like where they, where they want to go. And many of them have like similar where they're, they're passionate about a lot of different things. And one of the um, principles, so she has this whole book and a Ted talk and stuff. And it's like, if you can create a business that has many of your different passions that can be blended together, like I've never thought about my wedding hairstylist slash yoga instructor, but that is so brilliant right there like I would have booked that 100% somebody who can keep me calm there's their focus they're trained in this can lead me in some yoga flow or meditation plus do awesome hair like hello that's a niche I didn't know needed to exist in the world and it's like and with tarot you could be like and I'll do a tarot readings slap whatever you know
1: yeah, it was fun this other – so I started doing, like, astrology for the girls, too. So they'll come over, and they'll do tri- – like, I'll do a trial for them before the big day. And I'm always like, so what's your sign? What's your partner's sign? And some of them get so into it, and it's so fun. Yeah. And one girl this year, I, I at the wedding, I was doing everybody's hair, and I gave, like, everybody a reading for their astrology. And it was so fun because they were so into it. And they're like, oh my God, this helps us like figure out our relationship, our relationships to each other. And it's really cool when you find, and it makes it more enjoyable for them. It makes it more enjoyable for me. And of course, if people aren't into it, like I'm never going to like force it upon people. Right. Like I'm yeah. always taking the back seat to everything, but it's really fun when you do get to like infuse these other
0: Um, Hey, maybe you, maybe you print up some astrology business cards and be like, Hey, listen, I may, you may never need me again for wedding hair, hopefully, but if you ever need some astrology relationship, here you go. (laughs)
1: Yeah, everything. You need anything. Tarot letter, uh, astrology reading, art, whatever. Oh
0: my gosh. I love it. You're like, try to put it all on one business card. Tiny, tiny print.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I have, like, I feel, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I can't i i even, like, get the words out. I It makes me nervous, though, to put everything together.
0: Like, That's that, that temperance lesson, right? It
1: is. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: C- especially since it's gone so well on its own. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't want to fuck it up.
0: Right, right.
1: But I it's not going to survive without the good feelings that it was created with
0: Mm -hmm. also. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to force something.
1: Yeah, you don't want to force it, but it's like, since it's changed on its own, and I've gotten away from the good thing, it's like, you have to then reassess it and then change it again. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like, it can never be the same as it was, as I'm learning. Yeah. Like, it's like you have to take that risk and make it something new. And I think people appreciate that though.
0: Right. They can see that there's growth and then you're not I mean, and not just to to say not just about hair, but also astrology and tarot and stuff. But it's like it's like when you were talking about that hairdresser that did your hair for uh, you know, one of your high school dances where they were kind of stuck, right? They had learned a yes. one thing and just uh-huh. had kind of and like, and this is our trajectory for the next 400 years. And you're like, but that hairstyle went out in 1965.
1: You're <laughs> so right. I love it. I love that idea.
0: Yeah. So being able to continue to grow and maybe you should do a whole, your art, like a hairstyle for each zodiac sign. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Ooh, I like
0: that. <laughs> <That's common. laughs> oh, okay. So I'm curious, you're, you're talking about astrology and tarot. How did those enter into your life?
1: Astrology and tarot. So astrology is very new. I So I've been like trying to figure out what I've like wanted to do this year. So I worked a little bit at a cannabis dispensary to see if I'd like that. And it was a really fun experience. But eventually I was like, you know, I like smoking and making art rather than working at a store. Mm -hmm. So, but I met a really wonderful friend there who was really into astrology. And she gave me really my first reading and told me about my moon and Scorpio and... Um, or my uh, rising sign, which is Scorpio. And it just added this whole other flavor. And it's really like a great tool for therapy within yourself, I would say, Mm -hmm. which I love. Like, I love, I feel like I'm a professional therapy patient. (laughs) But... (laughs) Like, I love diving deeper into myself and finding more about myself, and I feel like it's just so, it's such a helpful tool for growth, especially when you're freaking out and you're like, why do I want to, you know, change this great thing? Like, why do I want to set out on this journey? It's like that eight of cups card. Like, why am I, why do I feel like I have to do this? And then you look it up and you're like, oh, I'm going through my Saturn return. It's okay. Right. Right.
0: right. It helps give so much context and make me feel a little less, not like a less alone, but like less out of control or out of um, like, I'm the only one experiencing this. It's like, no, here's some things. And every time I come to astrology or get my chart read or discuss it with somebody, I learn something new and it's a new layer where I'm like, oh, I get to come back and be like, yes, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. It may not be easy, like Saturn return, not easy, but you're not just yeah. crazy and making up stuff.
1: It gives you a little light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. A little guide, a map, if we were to so speak.
0: What um, ha- Do you know what house your Saturn is in and what it's sign in it's in?
1: House. It's so in the seventh it's house. Capricorn in the second house. So, this is the whole I think, making this new business,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, which is really cool. And, and I think it's like fusing these two businesses together and finding and really valuing my worth within the business. So valuing that I deserve to have this business. I'm worthy of this business. And I, I think filling up my own cup with it and without it. Mm -hmm. So making sure it's not the only thing too. Like, I'm valuing myself outside of it and within it.
0: Right. Your worth isn't just tied up in your business. It's also just, like, for being a beautiful human on this planet. And there's oh, this, nice. this other aspect of, like, the business and, and making meaning. Which
1: is a very big deal in D.C. especially. Like, everybody, mm-hmm. the first question is, like, what do you do? hmm mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So it's really learning, like, it's okay if you just, you know, do this for somebody and you, like, just being able to give is beautiful. Well, and that's one of
0: the things that I talk with my students about is, is in creating the lives that they want, even if it's, if it's multiple different part-time jobs or freelancing or other things, there can be a different feeling when you, when you've intentionally chosen something and you're like, this is what I do. I'm a hairstylist slash astrologer slash tarot reader because these are my things that I love and I'm, I'm standing 100% behind it versus like Oh, I kind of just didn't know what to do. And so now I work part time at this thing. You know what I mean?
1: Totally. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I think yeah. it's, yeah, because then it's like something's like killing you rather than making you thrive.
0: Right, right.
1: Like whenever yeah. I was at a job that didn't work, I just felt like I was dying. I was like, I just can't, like, I literally can't, I'm doing this because I have no other choice. Like I have to go, I have to do what I can do. And it's like so much more meaningful too. It's like, you make such a bigger impact. You help people. And it's like, I don't know, just like the outpour that I've gotten since I've like stepped into what I feel like is more of who I'm meant to be is so beautiful.
0: Gosh, I love that. So then did tarot come into your into oh, yeah, your tarot in last?
1: So, no, it's... I love tarot. I've I've been doing tarot for a while. Okay. Um, so I first got introduced when I was a teenager and I got my first reading and then it kind of like went off for a couple of years and it came back like maybe 17. So I've been doing it on and off since 17. So more than 10 years, I'd say. Okay. And it's been me and my sister have always done it. Um, so I whenever I kind of got off it, she would get on it and then vice versa. So it's always been cool having somebody. It's very spiralic, I would say, in, mm-hmm. in the journey of tarot for me. But I love it. Now is really when I formed a relationship with the cards. I picked it back up really intensely last year cause I just didn't know what I was gonna do. I was feeling so sick, I was overworking, I wasn't taking care of myself. And I was just trying to figure out, I was like, I need a sign, I need a sign. So I busted them out, I started working with them And it really, it really came to me in a dream. I had this dream that I got a reading from my grandmother, who Mm -hmm. I thought was my grandmother. It felt like a grandma. And I was sitting in this circle and there was maybe like 12 people in the circle. It, It felt like this red room, there was a bunch of candles, everybody was in a circle, and she gave me this reading. And I remember it being temperance, the star card. When I woke up, it felt like the tower also. And it didn't, I didn't remember seeing the tower, but I remember feeling the tower. Mm -hmm. I, I just got freaked out, but I felt like it was a message of like, it's gonna be okay. Like, don't worry. Like, just, like, pick this up. um, Explore this. And I really took it as a call to just start doing, just really start studying cards and really getting into it. Um, And it just became a daily practice for me from then on. What
0: what does your daily practice look like? Is it just pulling cards?
1: Yeah, I would say it varies from day to day. So some days I'll do, like, a whole 10-card spread. Some days I'll just do one card in the beginning of the day and kind of see how that, like, flavors the day. Yeah, I like to experiment with it. Um, I've really been enjoying just closing my eyes, shuffling, and then laying down a bunch of cards randomly. Like in whatever pattern, however many feels good. And those have been the most profound readings I've ever gotten recently. Like just the patterns and the imagery that's been coming up. This one time I was like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Like I need a map. I need a map. And I placed out five cards on the top and then a row of five right underneath that. And I opened my eyes, and The Fool was the first one. And it was just like, yeah. And you could just see this map of him traveling this terrain. And then it's like the whole thing, it was like this, the top row was being reflected by the bottom row, too. And then this other time, I did this spiral... We're not a spiral, a circle. My sister always gets the wheel of fortune card. And we're, we're like perpetually trying to figure out why she's stuck in the wheel of fortune. And I was like, I know, I should do a wheel spread for her. So I close my eyes and I do this, I lay down these cards and I do a center spoke. And it was it was so beautiful and the synchronicity is in the wheel. And it was, it's just like letting, it's, it feels like I'm loosening the grasp on it. Mm-hmm. Especially after taking Lindsay's class and really, it took a lot of the fear away from it. And just being able to really allow yourself however you want to receive the message to come through has just been the most beautiful way.
0: Yeah, I have felt that same that same thing where my relationship and my relationship, I think, to different decks um, is different. Um, where like I, I I feel the energy even if it's like the same card, and I used to like go back to like what was the sort of memorized definition of this card, and even I, and now I'm just like going with my gut, going
1: with yeah, my gut. <laughs> yeah, totally. that's the way to do it,
0: which is really great.
1: Yeah, I love that. Just being able to find synchronicities between the cards in your life, also, like how it plays out. And, like, I loved your story about your ancestors. And I found that a lot this year, especially with it being a high priestess year. And I think I shared with you that I had gotten a tattoo when I was younger after some trauma. And I had gotten the Mother Mary, Mm -hmm. and I was raised Catholic, but I didn't really follow that. Um, Like, we went to church sometimes, but it felt, and I I loved your podcast about it, that what if virgin was a reclaiming of oneself?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what I was doing after that trauma. A reclaiming of my identity. And when I started making this deck of my family, like drawing these pictures of people who corresponded to the different cards, and I had gotten my grandmother, that was the healer, as the high priestess. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at my tattoo as a symbol of the high priestess. And what it felt so powerful as almost a coming home to myself and a reclaiming of my power. Mm. I
0: have, I have full chills, like literally. I mean, my house is chilly, but I was just like, when you <laughs> were saying this story, I'm just like, rush with with chills. It's so, so, so
1: beautiful. Yeah, like the it's just when. It's like the idea of when you practice yoga, and then when you start living your yoga off the mat, mm-hmm. when you start learning, when, it's different when you're just pulling cards, and I think that's what I was always doing, and now I'm living the cards, mm-hmm. or these cards are living through me, and it just, it feels, it feels like what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't know, I just think it's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, last summer I spent some time kind of just posting every day through the major arcana just pictures from my life because there it is it's a way for me to kind of see like the living tarot you know how they have like living nativity scenes um since we're recording this around Christmas time it's that kind of like where is this energy showing up in my life or my kids' lives and it helps so much to translate the energy because there's just uh, there were certain cards where I could have picked a hundred different photos moments to talk about you know and then there's, there's ones that I really struggle with trying to figure out how do I live that or how do I experience that? Or I'm experiencing it, but like, I don't want to be.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's a big one. Right? Yeah. Mm. Totally. Yeah. It's been a lot of, I've realized that for me, the five of pentacles shows up as my starving artist card
0: mm-hmm. where
1: I feel like I have to suffer for my art. And I have to contract for it or else I'm not infusing myself into it somehow. Like, it's supposed to hurt. Mm -hmm. But realizing that's not true. (laughs) That's, like, just something I made up. Right. And, like, coming back to my intention. Like, come back. Where, you know, what are you really meant to be doing? Like, you deserve love as much as your art deserves love like that's a ridiculous statement to think you would have to suffer for something that's you're trying to make for spirit.
0: Wow, that is just such a great perspective. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to sit sit with that. No, it just it feels like maybe not for me necessarily the starving artist perspective, but just that that idea of like suffering or something needing to to be hard or like yeah, like it can't just have ease and flow. And it's, and it's yeah. something that you're being called to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I like that. So where is, uh, creative intuition showing up in your life right now?
1: Ooh, creative intuition. Mm-hmm. i really liked building this podcast that I've been doing. Ooh,
0: tell me about it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be blind love radio. Love it. Which I love. It's so fun, and I want it to be all about creative conversations, transformation, feelings, um, the subconscious, and I've really enjoyed talking with people, and it just feels like I can use my intuition during the conversations, Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a new way that it feels like it's being expressed. Um and I never I never really gave it any thought before. I never thought that I could do that and I'm like, "Oh, look at that. Like you're using your intuition in a new way. I love that."
0: Yeah, and your artistic expression, you know? Like podcasting is is an art form, I think, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yes. I love that. I agree. So when,
0: so blind love radio, is that something that people can um, find on iTunes or, you know, where, where is it going to be? I know you have maybe haven't uh, launched it yet, but where will people be able to find that?
1: Yeah, so I plan to put it up everywhere where podcasts can be found. So definitely iTunes. You tell me, Jenna, where should I put it?
0: <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Do it yeah, everywhere. It'll
1: be everywhere. <laughs> Check it out. I hope like you it up by the beginning of the year. So 2019.
0: Yeah, so by the time this episode airs, it should be up and running and they can listen through any back episodes. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be so rad. Okay, well we're coming up on time for the day, but I want to before I just kind of, you know, end is give you the opportunity to share if there's any final things that you feel um like didn't come up in the conversation or, you know, you're just feeling like on your heart to just to share before we let people know how they can get a hold of you.
1: Ah um. I would just encourage anyone who says that they are not creative to explore where that thought started because i truly believe that everyone is creative
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and your potential is infinite So I think it's just something that probably got picked up from somewhere. If you say you can't draw, then think about something that you love to do. And maybe that's, you're already doing it. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just, it hurts me. I feel like I get hurt when people are like, I'm not creative. Like, oh, I wish I could do that. But it's like, you totally can. Like, everybody can do this. Mm
0: Yeah, and even expand and so the expanded definition of creativity, you know, that it doesn't have to just be painting. Yes. <laughs> like maybe it's they make really good food. And I admire people who can do that, you know, yeah, because I. A, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Or creating a family or creating relationships or mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like looking at, look at your creativity in a different way and really bow to it because it's so beautiful and that's all i love
0: that okay so how can people connect with you astrology readings or tarot readings or hair all the things
1: anything all the things so i have my blind love tarot instagram and that is spelled just like it sounds and then i also have my hair instagram which is at styled by Anna Fazio and that's styled with a d and you spell Fazio F A Z I O. All
0: right. I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes so that everyone can find you and um this has just been so wonderful to talk with you Anna. I just feel like there's in 2019 there's going to just be so many great things coming your way and i'm so happy to be a part of your journey
1: thank you so much for having me that was so fun
0: hey friends thanks for listening to Leo rising a tarot and creative intuition podcast as of january 2021 this podcast and all of the information is archived so feel free to listen to the episodes the wisdom of the tarot is everlasting But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.